talk to you and myself. Um, I'm coming to you from Monday night. It's 10 to 11 and um, I'm on the cusp of my first two weeks off work, I think, since the beginning of my seven-year career, my now seven-year career. Um, so kind of daunting in a way, but also sort of exciting. When it is nearly Christmas, I think it's it's the 14th, so um, it's kind of a while. Oh, it's a while off. Um, it's a while off Christmas, but, um, yeah, but I'm off for Christmas now, which is a bit, which is a bit mad, really. Um, it was kind of interesting at work today. I didn't hesitate to let people know I was off and normally uh, I will sort of, you know, look down upon that a bit. Because I just think, you know, you're off. Enjoy that. Um, no one else really needs to know. But I decided to let everyone know. Because, I don't know. I don't even know if I was that showy. I tried. I guess my point is I tried to be a little um, cards close to my chest. Because, um, frankly... I couldn't be bothered with the idea of when I was leaving work, the idea of sort of saying goodbye to everyone in a gross knowing manner. Say like, have a good Christmas. See you in the new year. You know, that sort of thing. Because um, I find all that stuff gross. Like, you know, it's a while off yet. It's only the 14th of December. And I feel like, the wrong person, if you say that to the wrong person, it kind of just rubs them really the wrong way. And I think I might be one of those wrong people. Um, so I sort of tried to spare everyone that. So, And in the end, I kind of enjoyed it because as people were leaving for their whatever, leaving throughout the day, people were like, yep, yeah, see you tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, see you. <laughs> and I knew all along. I shall not be seeing them tomorrow. I shall not be seeing a soul tomorrow. And that's a really lovely thought. Um, but, yes. Um, so, I have a couple of things to talk about that are sort of, I don't know, they're all sort of useless, aren't they, really? But we're here now anyway, so we might as well talk about them. Um so I think it's probably high time for a bibbidi bobbidi, and then I'll be back. Hi, it's me again. Um, so I wanted to talk about, um, and it's probably a good time to talk about it because I'm going to be off work now. So here I am gloating about it, but I'm going to be off work for long enough now that I feel I can talk about it. And if I do say anything um, that maybe I shouldn't say, there's like enough time 
between now and when I get back to work that everyone will have just calmed down. <clears throat> I say that as if everyone listens to this podcast. They don't trust me. Um, but Friday night, last Friday, remember today's Monday, um, it was kind of a works Christmas thing. It wasn't the work Christmas thing. That's been changed to January. Um, and therefore I shan't be attending. Um, because January isn't Christmas. January is January. So, no. Um, so it was Christmas drinks and it was quite nice. We were joined by our new colleagues, and I'm ashamed at my my lack of um, charisma when presented with new people. Um, I think the best I managed was a sort of a smile and a, hi mate, <laughs> just like a, just a really kind of, you know, you, have you ever seen that meme of the kind of the white boy, the stereotypical white boy doing that face, which is kind of like a sort of a pursed lips, um, smile, completely mouth closed, sort of friendly eyes. I basically did that a lot. Um, had five, five beers, maybe. Don't know, hard to tell. And no, probably not even that, like three beers. I had more courses of dinner than I had beers. I know that for certain. Um, so where we were for food, well, it was kind of a buffet. And it was chips, buttered baps, cheese pasties, some sausages, um, sandwiches, and I think that's probably it in terms of what I had. Good God. Uh. So, so I think I had three courses. <laughs> I say three courses. I had thirds. Um, chip bap. So use the butter bap. Added the chips to it. That was nice. Um, and the chips were nice. Um, the sausages were also quite nice, a nice meaty addition, because it was all a bit stodgy. So I had a chip bat followed up by cheese pasties, followed up by um, sandwiches. So I needed some sausage in there at some stage. <clears throat> um, alas, though, I did go up th three times, um, which I think was m more than everyone else. Um, so there's that, um, either, either at least more than everyone else or sorry, at least as much as anyone else. I, I can think of a couple of other candidates who might have also gone up, um, three times, but you know, I can't judge them because I was one of them. Um, yeah. So what happened there? Um, sort of forgotten what I was even going to say, really, outside of the fact that I was awkward and I ate loads. Um, yeah, I'm just pretty rubbish at pretty rubbish at parties. 
Um, people were sort of doing karaoke and dancing. I mean, obviously, I wasn't drunk enough for that, but um, I don't really like getting drunk. I feel like, I mean, my point is always this. I'd never drink like four pints of water, you know, across a few hours. I'd probably have three and that would be a lot. And I'd probably need to toilet a lot. So I don't understand how I could be expected to have that but beer and have more of it. I just can't quite, my body's not really used to that. Um, so I sort of have my three pints and I'm quite happy to stop. And then I um, and then I get tired at 10 p.m. Bear in mind, I'm age 25. And, um, you know, it's it's embarrassing that I'm quite kind of a boring person like that. But I don't know it's who I am. Um, so, yeah, there's people sort of dancing around. There was a lovely um, some some excellent pool on show, which I enjoyed. Um, obviously, I didn't play because, you know, unsurprisingly, I'm sure I am no pool player. I would estimate I'm probably the worst in in the entire um, department that I am in. Um, I would I would guess that. I really am bad. Um, God, God, am I tired? <sighs> I think that's the. I think that's the thing I've noticed the most of myself of late is that I can't sleep a wink and I don't know why. So I think perhaps I'm just very thankful that I'm going to have some time to just sleep properly. That will be nice. I mean, it also doesn't help that I'm recording a podcast at 11 in the, in at night, not in the night. Although I suppose it is 11 in the night. So, yeah. But at this stage, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Boobity-bobbity, I would assume. Hello. I'm back again. And, um... Ooh, I had something interesting to tell you. So, bear in mind I'm a 25-year-old man. (laughs) Hesitate to say man. I mean, I am, but like also feel sort of underqualified in a way. Um, And part of the underqualification is the fact that last week I watched both Die Hard and Home Alone for the first time ever in my life. And I swear on my life it was, because when I watched them, I didn't really know what was going to happen, especially Die Hard. I mean, Home Alone isn't that hard to kind of guess what's going to happen. Like, Macaulay Culkin isn't going to die in it. Um, you know, you, f- you feel like, I was going to say Danny DeVito, but it's not, it's Joe Pesci. Like, Joe Pesci and his mate. You sort of know that <laughs> you sort of know that they're not going to go in, steal everything from the house, and kill kill the eight year old boy, and sort of leave him in the middle of the in the middle of the hallway for the whole family to come back to. Like you sort of know that's going to happen, 
and you sort of know right at the start when the evil man is shoveling the snow that he's a, he's a sound man because any guy that sort of shovels the snow and salts the pavements is a sound man and uh yeah i mean you can't trust the guy who says he's the murderer anyway because he's kind of like a big fat bully boy so i was sort of like okay he's gonna have a redemption arc and macaulay culkin's gonna sort of you know defend his house from those nasty men however it was a good film and at the end where the uh where the guy who's not a murderer the sort of snow shoveler man when he like reunites with his family and he picks up his like granddaughter god i sort of cried <laughs> it was lovely and also like when Macaulay culkin's mom arrives ah oh, it was lovely so it's a nice film i enjoyed it and yeah and it's fun it's worth saying it's fun like it's not overly smart but it doesn't need to be you know, we don't need to be smart all the time. Sometimes we just want to put our brains in the bin and watch a film. Um, Die Hard was excellent, though. I really liked it. Because I assumed going in, I thought it was basically going to be like kind of like a Bourne film or like a James Bond, but American. And it's not. I did a little burp there, I'm sorry. Um, it's not. It's like really really tastefully and delicately balances the um the sort of humor with the action and like there's some sprinkling of really good drama in there like bruce willis is is really good and alan rickman god rest his soul is you know magnificent as hans gruber like, he's really good and really smart and really believable. And Bruce Willis is a great action hero. Um, and, like, your man, the police officer, he was cool as well. Um, and, the, and the driver as well in the car park, he's cool. Like, there's loads of, I don't know, everyone's really good in it. And it's a smart story. There's like some cool moments. What I liked especially at the end is like, you know, the fancy watch that his missus got. Like that's the thing that they they let go of. That's cool. Um, yeah, I realize that was nearly a spoiler there, but I think I've tried to manage it well. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's kind of cool. So I'm really glad I watched Die Hard. Because I think, like, I'm of an age where I can, you know, really enjoy that. I think Home Alone, I think I enjoyed it like an adult would enjoy it. Like, it's fun, but it's not, like, nostalgic for me, which is sort of a shame. I think that was kind of, I think that's maybe my only thing with it. And I wouldn't say that's a gripe because you can't be. You can't be disappointed with nostalgia that you're not feeling because you can't have nostalgia for something that you can't have nostalgia for, if that makes any sense. Like, I can't be nostalgic for, you know, 1920s New York because I didn't live there. So, I mean, maybe I could be, but I feel like you're not really justified. 
in a way. Um, I guess my point is, if I had watched, I think I would have benefited from watching Home Alone when I was a kid and like just have really enjoying like all the all the fun, like um, the traps and stuff, and like I think I would have liked that more. Even though I did enjoy it, like I think Joe Pesci and your man is his mate. They're really, really good. Um, I especially like the greased up stairs. <laughs> and um, I think it's the kettle on the head. The, um, what else? Oh, the hand on the doorknob. I mean, all of that stuff is really good and fun. So I didn't hate it. It's just... I'm a little sad because I think like 10 year old me would have loved it and like watching it again as a 25 year old me, I'd probably, you know, get loads out of it. But as it stands, it was fun and it's good and I'm glad to have ticked it off my list, but um, I feel I'm probably like 15 years too late for myself there, which is a shame. But it was still good. Die Hard, though, was excellent. So, um, yeah, there's my review of those two films. Um, I feel like I need, there's a few, there's quite a lot more that I need to watch over Christmas time. Like, I want to approach Christmas in a tasteful yet movie film filled manner. So, like, you know, all this time that I've got <clears throat> being away out of office. Um, I need to use it well with some films, so I, I'm hoping to do that. Um, I think I'm going to watch La La Land again at some point, because it does have sort of... I think it ends in winter, if I'm right. Like, it ends in Christmassy time. And I love La La Land. It's kind of like... I don't know. It's just sort of like... It's just fun and well done, and Ryan Gosling's cool, and Emma Stone is really pretty, and they're both really good in it. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, I I cried at that one as well when I watched it. So I think I'd quite like to do that again. It is probably worth saying I don't really cry at films often. Um, that's why like I want to watch La La Land again because. I kind of don't cry at films. So when I do, it's like a big deal for me. I almost don't understand it. Um, like Home Alone I did because it's sort of, you know, you know, it's a famous film. So I was kind of like expecting that something really kind of good would happen or something significant would. But like La La Land, I'm not even sure why I watched it. I think I just heard it was good, so I did. And then I really enjoyed it. And then outside of that, I think I've only ever cried at like one or two other films. One of them being Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet with young Leonardo DiCaprio in it and Claire Danes. I loved that film. It's awesome. And I cried. Because <laughs> I thought that, I think the soundtrack's amazing. And like that mixed with the acting. And you can't tell me that young DiCaprio is not world class. He is. He's world class. And um, yeah, I just had a big cry fest of that. I can't remember anything else I've cried at, though. Um, but I'm kind of glad to open up a little bit more as I as I age. And, you know, I think when you 
like when you as you go through life and you experience more and you can kind of empathize more with like sadness and happiness as well happy tears um i think you become a bit more like open to it um and that's maybe what i'm experiencing but we'll see um probably time for a bibbidi bobbidi i would guess i'll be back shortly hi it's me again um it's half 11 now getting tired but plowing on um didn't know if i was like going to talk about this because i never really i'm not even sure what tone of podcast this is but you know i suppose it's my podcast so i guess i can talk about whatever i want really but um a man called Gerard Hulier passed away today or last night. Um, I'm not quite sure, but it came to light today. And he was the Liverpool manager um, when I was like six and probably up until I was about eight or nine. Um, and like I think I've spoken about football before in that it's kind of, you know, it's a leisure activity, ultimately. You know, football is gossip girl, isn't it? Um, you know, football is shopping. It's the Kardashians. It's RuneScape. It's all of that. <laughs> Um, football is Minecraft. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it has the same validity as all of the other silly things that we do to keep ourselves occupied between now and, you know, forever. And um, it's, it's kind of funny because, like, I think sometimes we get lost in the significance or the, the the perceived significance of the things that we 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 are passionate about so some people it's football other people it's it's runescape the kardashians films music whatever um and i try to often like take a step back and remember that it's you know these things are all, you know, nothing's really that important, you know, except for like goodness and happiness and kindness and all, you know, all of all of the nusses that are good, um, and I suppose even the bad nusses as well, <laughs> badness, um, but what I think is important about the things that we spend our time doing and you know caring about is what comes from it because a lot of the time these things are just microcosms of humanity they're just small almost 
kind of vignettes of what life is about and I suppose the significance of Gerard Houllier in my life is that like when I was you know getting into football he was kind of I he was the archetype of a manager a football manager and you know kind of in my head you know painted that picture of respect and class and dignity and then from there you sort of you have it um and i just you know he's i suppose he's kind of one of the cultural architects in my life um perhaps maybe a small one because i was only young and i guess i didn't fully understand but like i always remember like him being the first manager i was truly aware of um but what's what's been nice today is like um, in response to his death um and you often find this with like you know people of not even importance but just people of stature like and when i say stature i mean you know good people truly good people is there's always like an outpouring of kind of love and respect and appreciation and you know essentially all of the figures all of the 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 comic book heroes in my of my childhood you know all came out kind of explaining how this guy you know forged their lives and you know set them on the paths that 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 eventually kind of took them to where they ended up um and you know seven eight-year-old me couldn't quite understand how these people even you know performed the feats that they did and to a large extent they sort of um you know attribute it to this this man who you know supposedly just cared like beyond caring and sort of you know was passionate beyond passion for for these people and for the club for the city that he represented and i think that's kind of really inspiring given you know despite all of the you know the absolute nonsense that surrounds football because it is nonsense like you know over the weekend liverpool drew a game against a, a pretty rubbish team from from london and people I've seen are kind of all going mad about it because it massively matters to them. But it doesn't really, you know? Because it doesn't really matter if Liverpool win the Premier League. To me, what matters is the stories that come from supporting football. From, you know, playing RuneScape and watching the Kardashians and doing whatever it is that you like it's the stories it's the it's you know the lessons you learn 
and the things that you take from it that matter. And I saw a cool quote from Gerard Hulier today that kind of cropped up um, like in response to his death, and I thought it was really cool, so I wanted to share it with you, if that's okay. So, because um, I feel like I might take something from this, and maybe you will too. So, it goes as follows. Generosity always pays off. Generosity in your effort, in your work, in your kindness, in the way that you look after people and take care of people. In the long run, if you are generous with a heart and with humanity, it always pays off. I suppose what I would say is I think it would be cool if you take from this that you should, you know, tell the ones that you appreciate in your life that you appreciate them and you know be grateful for that and share in it and and like mr hulier says like be generous with it be generous with your love be generous with your time and um yeah like i always say be kind to yourself and be kind to other people um who knows, in this time off that I've got, I might do a lot of bonus podcasts. I might not. I don't know. Depends what I do with my time. But, yeah. Thanks for listening. And I will see you, or speak to you, another time.